Welcome to Season 2 of Shock Your Potential. This podcast is designed to help you to achieve your best self professionally and personally. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. My guests bring a wealth of experience, and their stories hold messages that transform me with every conversation. I seek out those whose businesses, lives, and causes challenge me to be my best, and hopefully, they will impact you just as much. I'm an author and speaker on leadership, sales, and the customer experience, and I want to help you to shock your potential. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And now, let's meet our next guest. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. In this podcast, we delve into excellence in leadership, sales, and customer experiences. But I like to bring us guests that really also challenge the way that we operate, the way we view the world, in order to make ourselves the best version of ourselves, to shock our own potential for the now and into the future. And because of that, I have a guest today that I met a few weeks ago, and it's going to be a funny story as I tell you along the way, but uh, Eric Twiggs is my guest. And before I let him say hello, I'm just going to say that, first of all, his business card was something that made me say, oh boy, we're going to have to talk. So first of all, Eric, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thank you for having me on your show. You're laughing already because you know. <laughs> so you, your card, which I love in so uh, many ways, and it says the procrastination prevention partner. And I said, oh my gosh, you deal with people in procrastination. And you said, yes. And I think I fessed up to about four things I was procrastinating on. <laughs> I felt like I had to, I had to tell my soul. <laughs> but tell us a little bit about, you know, what you do and why this is uh, such an important topic for you. So I am a certified licensed business coach, and so I've conducted over 28,000 coaching sessions, and I work with... Holy moly. Are you exhausted? Yeah, that's no procrastination, man. Go on. (laughs) So I help executive leaders, and I help entrepreneurs, and typically they feel stuck. They feel underpaid. They're stressed out. They're frustrated. And here, here's what I've discovered. And here's one of the many reasons that I'm so passionate about this topic. You can have two entrepreneurs, let's say. Mm-hmm. One gets good results and the other happens to get great results. Mm-hmm. And in most cases, they know a lot of the same things. They have similar levels of know-how. But what I find is that what separates the good from the great is the great has this uncanny ability to do the things they need to do whether they feel like it or not. Mm-hmm. You have to execute. Yeah. They execute, exactly. <laughs> exactly, whether they want to or not. That's a really important part yes. of you know, being able to recognize. And I know that uh, as we were t- talking, one of the first things that I was telling you is that, you know, I was I'm like, I'm almost done with my second book. And you're like, why are you almost done? I'm like, oh my gosh, I just met you. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, here's the answer. I have too many other things and I don't know what I'm trying to prioritize. But I know you're going to laugh at me because we met just, gosh, barely two weeks ago or three weeks ago. I don't even know. But one of the things after I met you, and I never got the chance to talk to you more at the conference and tell you this, was um, for me, 
one of the most effective times in this part of my entrepreneurial life was about a year ago when I got this, um, it's called the Freedom Journal, and it's by John Lee Dumas, and he has a, a you know podcasts and all kinds of different things that he does. Um, and he has this, and I'm not going to say it's stupid because it's great, um, this book that forces you within 100 days to really focus on a, you know your key objective. And when I first used it last year, I was like on fire and I finished it. I'm like, okay, there's my hundred days. Now I'm perfect. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So I I got home uh, from our conference and I was sitting there going, why is Eric's message bugging me in my head? And I went, that's because I haven't got my focus in the right uh, direction. And I ordered another one of the journals. I'm on day three right now. And in the last three days, I think I've accomplished more than I've accomplished in the last three months. Wow, that's great. I know. I, I'm exhausted. I might go to sleep early tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you choose this as your area of expertise? Well, it started years ago as far as my interest in time management and ma- making the most out of my time. I talk about this story in my book. So I'm in college. I'm at Hampton University, and I'm talking to one of my really good friends, we're roommates, we're Lyme brothers on the same fraternity. And what you need to know is he was interested in his purpose and I was interested in partying, right? (laughs) So we're talking and he's like, Eric, you need to get serious. You you need to figure out what you want to do. And I'm like, Donnell, man. Okay, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm I'm going to interrupt because this is a great story and I've already seen part of it on your website. So you need to use the voices. Because you have a great voice for him, and I know it must be his. So, yeah, and this is, he'd say, Eric, you, you need to get serious. Stop wasting your time. <laughs> and I'm like, Donnell, we're, we're young. We have plenty of time to get done what we need to get done. And I'm like, bottom line, are you going to the frat party with me or not? Right? <laughs> and so we separate. He's frustrated with me. And several weeks go by. I hadn't talked to him. I get a phone call from his mother telling me that he was tragically killed in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah. And that really sent me a message that, you know what? I don't have the time that I think. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's really what began the journey. And I, you know, when I listen to that um, part of your tale, and that's why I love having you share his voice the way it comes through, because I think sometimes with the people that we care about, that we still carry around in our minds and hearts, the ability to still uh, make their voice and, and make them heard in this world is really important. And you have that opportunity, especially with what you do. But what a pivotal message to take such a horrible tragedy, tragedy and loss of somebody that you loved and cared about. And turn it into something that became a passion that that couldn't have been easy for you. No, it's not. It was it was very difficult. I mean, it, this was what close to twenty eight years ago, and I mm-hmm. still I still think about them every day. Mm-hmm. And but but that was a turning point. And mm-hmm. time is just precious. And I know everybody that's going to listen to this can has an example similar of someone that died suddenly that you would have thought had all the time in the world. Mm-hmm. That this you, we really have to seize the moment. That, that's so critical. I think it is. And it, it's, it is great. So when you, when you do with what you do with people, you know, and, and I, I agree, I think everybody has a, a story like that of somebody else, but I don't know that 
all the rest of us use that to really be an impetus in the decisions that we made. And, you know, you've really done that. So sometimes you must still come across people that are go, well, yeah, whatever, but, you know, I still have all these other things to do or I'll get to it. How do you help people break through and understand what's holding them back? The biggest thing is awareness. And that's one of the things with the book. It really heightens your awareness to the things that trigger you to procrastinate. Because once you, you're controlled, that's what I've discovered, you're controlled by those things that you're not aware of. And everyone has a procrastination pattern hmm. of some kind. And it's, and it's not as simple as, I, you see, I used to think before I really got into all this, I, I used to uh-huh. think it was just a person was lazy, that uh, I just don't feel like doing it. But, but a lot of times it's a lot deeper than that. And there's deep roots, there's like fear and some other things that are really at the root. You need to become, and I help you. So I help people to become aware of what causes them to procrastinate. And then we put a plan in place to move forward. Mm, that's a really important point. I guess I never really thought of it that way either, because, you know, I guess if I really looked back at myself in times that I go through procrastination phases, there's usually some similar things going on in my life. Right. But I tend to then just beat myself up because I'm not accomplishing enough, but maybe I need to really look what the root is and, uh, and try and help identify it because obviously it'll happen again. There's certain patterns that we repeat in life, but maybe I don't have to stay in it as long as I, maybe I have it other times. Yes, absolutely. So how do you get there? I know the uh, name of your book is The Discipline of Now. So, you know, give us an idea. How do I... How do I keep that discipline to be right now and stay in the now in order to keep myself moving in the right direction? Well, it starts with your mindset. So when you when you get to chapter seven in the book, that's where I really start to get into like the roadmap to help the person ditch excuses and and really overcome procrastination. And it's funny, you hit on something that's in my roadmap. And it's really about like your attitude and your mindset. And, and I talk to so many people that beat themselves up. <laughs> about procrastination really it's yeah. I, I mean, here's here's what they do though they say i am mm. such a procrastinator mm. i am always late mm-hmm. so that, that's an identity statement and what happens is we tend to act out in accordance to who we believe we are so we're saying i am a procrastinator will continue to procrastinate we ourselves excuse so one of them because it's a part of our being yeah that right. makes sense the best things that I help people with is to really change how they talk to their self mm-hmm. about this problem and really think, think more on terms of gratitude. And really, you know, you, you may have procrastinated yesterday, but guess what? Yesterday ended last night. You can decide to do something <laughs> different today. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And you know, it's funny when you say that, because I do know that. I mean, logically, I know that the things that we say have so much importance. But as you started saying, even talking then, I thought, yeah, but I was raised Irish Catholic, which means I'm guilty. (laughs) 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 And maybe I need to stop saying that. (laughs) Just because I was raised that way doesn't mean that that's what I am. (laughs) And and here's something else, too. So the the words like should and must and have to, if you say you, you have to do something or should do something, whatever comes after should or have to is something you're probably going to procrastinate on. Oh, boy. It's, a, it's like a mental thing. We, we tend to put off those things that people tell us we should do. And the same goes true with our own thoughts. Huh. So really, it, it's 
again, about changing how you think and how you talk to yourself is really a critical step. I think that is. And that's why, actually, as you're saying that, too, I'm thinking about how after meeting you, I said, I want to get one of those journals again, because I loved how focused I was. And what a positive thing, because I was excited about it. And I couldn't wait till I get, got it and you know, ripped the plastic right off of it and immediately opened it up and started using it because I knew that there was a benefit to me and it was something I was looking forward to. What a difference from saying, I still haven't done this yet, you know, whatever. And, and having even the sound of my voice convey a lack of desire to complete a task. Right. Wow. Right. Eric, this is deep. <laughs> 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 for a Friday afternoon taping. Now I'm now I'm contemplating all kinds of things I should be doing, but I, I'm going to choose the ones I want to do. <laughs> right, exactly. So when you come across those still, I mean, you know, you speak to groups and you, you know, you do individual sessions, but you know, if you speak to a room full of people and you're talking about procrastination, do you look out in the audience sometimes and see people with their arms crossed having that, yeah, but kind of look at you like, yeah, but that's great, but I don't, yeah, I'm different. I get some of that. And so what I do is I, I hit it off at the pass. What I really get is during the breaks, someone comes up to me and they say, Eric, I don't really have a procrastination problem. This is for my husband. <laughs> oh, this exactly. is for my wife. Somebody else, not uh, me. Right. So I've got to the habit now. I, I start my program and say, look, I just, I don't want to insult you. So I just <laughs> say, this is for your friend. So just take take this back to them. But as we start to get into it, and I, my, I make my programs interactive, whether I'm doing a keynote, whether it's a traditional workshop where you're talking to your neighbor. And even the people that say that it's their friend, they're the ones talking the most about their issues. Exactly. <laughs> I always tell people in mine, um, and even it's funny because even as I'm saying this right now, I'm holding up my hand. I always tell people I carry a mirror around with me all the time. It just happens to look like my hand. I can never be apart from it. And sometimes I have to look in that mirror and go, Michael, <laughs> you know, you don't look around good right now. And it has nothing to do with whether or not my hair is right. <laughs> right. It has everything to do with whether or not I'm on the right path. And I think it's the same thing as that, right. that ability to look at yourself honestly and say, here's an area I, I need to continue to work on and develop in myself and not be ashamed or run away from it because none of us are perfect. Yeah, some of us are close, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to take a, a quick break here for a moment from a word from our sponsor. But before we do, um, I also want to make sure that we make mention of your website, which is Eric with a C, M twigs with two G's dot com ericmtwigs.com. We will have all the contact information on our show notes and uh, we will be back in just one moment. Do you want effortless lead generation at an extremely affordable price? Then you need to know about the Royalty Gem with an IE, not a Y. This breakthrough technology serves as a remote proximity marketing device, allowing you to reach customers and clients in a very unique manner. The Royalty Gem is a tiny wireless device that sends your message and website to every nearby Android phone up to a thousand meters away, depending on the gem you choose. I began using the Royalty Gem over a year ago. I spend $25 a month for a hundred meter radius, and my return on investment has been outstanding. I can change my marketing messages frequently as I like, but I most often use it to promote this very podcast. Whether I'm walking through downtown Philadelphia, through a busy airport, or even while dining out, my Royalty Gem 
Sitting in My Purse, brings me hundreds of new listeners each month. To learn more, visit www.royalty.com backslash question mark AF equals shock your potential. And remember, that's royalty with an IE, not with a Y. This link will also be available on our websites at shockyourpotential.com, shockyourpotentialpodcast.com, and of course, via the show notes for this episode. Once again, visit www.royalty.com backslash question mark AF equals shock your potential to learn more about how Royalty Gem can help you to shock your business potential. And we are back again with my new friend, Eric Twiggs. And Eric and I have been discussing the challenge of procrastination and how it affects our lives. So tell me, um, Eric, you know, I always ask people basically three questions. And one of them is, you know, how do you really try to shock the potential of the people that you work with? You know, how do you shock their awareness so that they are, you know, not just shocked by what you're saying, but that you really leave an impact on them? Well, I, I think I'm, I'm brutally honest. I think that's the key. And so I'm, I'm transparent with my experiences. And so I don't come across like, you know, I, I have it all figured out. And I think that that shocks people a lot of times because they expect when mm-hmm. someone's standing up there talking about procrastination and, oh, this is the expert. And he's so I, I share my failures. I share some mm-hmm. of the shortcomings and some of the things I've stumbled on. And I think that shock that shocks people. And I'm I'm on, in a coaching type of session. I'm brutally honest, and I, I don't believe in sugarcoating. And I'm I'm big on ownership and, and accountability. And really, because I think once you once you own something, you, now you're in position to move forward. Because we we had, we had, we're not going to fix something that we don't believe to be our fault. Yeah, or that we don't recognize or aren't willing to recognize. Right. Absolutely. I think that's really important. And I, I feel the same way. Usually I do it by, you know, making fun of myself or, you know, telling a story that completely embarrasses me because it's pretty hard to embarrass me anyway. But I, I, I like to make sure that people realize that I, I am going to be honest and I'm going to tell them things that sometimes maybe they didn't want to hear at all. But if right. we do those things and we do them with caring and concern, you know, to help somebody move forward, then they usually appreciate it pretty much. And I, I tell people, look, I'm, I'm always going to tell you what I believe to be true. So if you're asking me the question, make sure you, you want the honest answer and not just what you want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. We can't move forward when we're just having people around us that placate us. Right. Let me ask you, I don't, I don't think I really thought about this until just right this moment, but you know, do you have any particular tips that you can share with us that for somebody who's listening right now going, okay, well, I know I have a big project, or I need to make a job change, or I need to do this or that, but I don't even know where to start. You know, how do you help somebody take the first steps to change a life where they feel like procrastination is holding them back? Great question. Here's what I would do. If you're struggling with a big project, maybe it's a presentation or what have you, the the best thing is not to look at the, the big project in its whole entirety, because that's, that's where it becomes overwhelming and you don't know what to do next, so you don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Here's what I recommend. I recommend the, the, the technique called time blocking. And mm. 
So you, and I, and start off, I would do this twice a week. Mm -hmm. so you've, you've got a project that's due. So you schedule yourself for half hour blocks of time. And let's say it's Tuesday at two o'clock, for example, mm -hmm. go out, you get yourself a kitchen timer, you set it for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And during that 30 minute window, you have to be un totally undistracted. You're working on that project. So let's say it's a writing project. Mm -hmm. You do it for that 30 minute, you set the timer, you don't have access to email, uh, you don't have access to text messaging, you don't have access to social media. Mm -hmm. If you're in an office setting, you tell people to hold your calls, take your messages for that 30 minute window, yep. and you work on that project. Yep. And if you do that enough and consistently, you'll find that the project becomes more and more manageable. And you get more used to the to having that uninterrupted time. I do a similar thing where I um, turn everything off, but I, I don't use a kitchen timer. I use my phone, but my phone is always upside down. Mm -hmm. And so the ringer's off, everything's off. And I put it on for 45 minutes, especially if I'm writing, because then I can stay 100% focused for 45 minutes. My my uh, The discipline that I am trying to take the next step with me is that at that 45 minutes, I need to get up and take a break. Yes. So that my mind can refresh. Cause if I'm still creative and I want to keep writing great, but I can't do it solely all the way through or I'll get exhausted. And then I won't want to do it the next time that I need to have that focused attention. Right. Yeah. That's very good. What else? Any other good uh, tidbits? Those are, that's fantastic. So the big thing is just eliminate your distractions and mm -hmm. the smartphone is the most distracting thing <laughs> that you own. <laughs> Do you remember a day we didn't have it? Because I remember the days we didn't have them. <laughs> right. Yes, right. they were lovely days, but I thought I needed one because I would be more effective. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just teach something as simple as going into your phone, go to your settings, and turn off all of the automatic notifications mm -hmm. for when you get an email, a text message, or a social media message. Mm -hmm. And that'll, that in and of itself can help you to stay on task. And something I do is I refuse, like at night, I sleep with my phone in a totally separate floor mm -hmm. just because I don't want the temptation of getting up and checking. And so the phone is very distracting. If you can minimize that distraction as much as possible, you find yourself just procrastinating less. Yeah. And I know that that's a big, that's a tough one. I think putting it in another room is really smart. I've never been that disciplined, but I'm yes. very good about turning it upside down and completely away. Um, and so I'm, I'm very good with that, but I, I do see that just because I'm good with it doesn't mean it's not the first thing I pick up when the alarm goes off in the morning. Right. So, so, and I hadn't thought about putting it in the other room and I, and I don't have that first temptation. Yeah. So consider this, there was a study of these college students and the results of this study concluded that 88% of them reported that they could feel their smartphone vibrating even when it was powered off. Oh, boy, that's not good. <laughs> it, it's called phantom notification syndrome. They're, oh. they're so conditioned to reach for their phone, they would feel the phone vibrating and check and see that it was, it, it was powered off. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's crazy. That's how... That's how distracting the phone is. So if you can eliminate that distraction, that will help you to get a lot more done. Okay. I'm totally leaving my phone in the other room on another floor tonight. I'm going to try that. <laughs> that. Of course, it doesn't hurt that it's a Friday night. So there's nothing right. that's right. all that urgent. But oh my gosh, I had no idea. That's terrible. <laughs> but I'm not surprised. 
<laughs> well, I think those are fantastic tips. So now I want to ask you a little bit more of, you know, kind of your own personal experience. One of the things I love to ask everybody is, you know, has there been a time that you've been the recipient of an amazing leadership or sales or customer experience that really shocked you because it was so positive and left an impact on you? Let's see. I think about that. That's a great question. Well, actually, it's funny because the bar is set so low in a lot of cases when it comes to customer experiences mm. uh, that sometimes when, when people do the basics, you know, it's like I'm, I'm blown away. Mm. Isn't that sad? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I'm just saying, so, so there was a, there was a particular time I was at a restaurant when I talk about like a customer experience mm -hmm. and I, the food came in and it wasn't, it wasn't cooked properly. Mm -hmm. And I, I really wasn't being like upset and out, irate or outraged. Uh, I just made a comment to the wait to, to the waiter. And then the, the manager comes back out and is like, tell you what, your, your meal is completely on the house. This is unacceptable. Whoa. And I'm like, no, I mean, I wasn't asking for the thing for free. I just wanted it. And, and that, that stood out to me. Yeah. And it's, I think it's those times when that when it really goes above and beyond what you even expected. Right, right. So I think if if you're in business, the key takeaways I think you that the days of just meeting the customer's expectations that that's done and in the past. I think you really have mm -hmm. to go above and beyond, and you have to be be very proactive. I mean, I'm still this was years ago, and I'm still talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. So you, so you have to really, if you're in business, you have to make your experience memorable. Yeah, that's true because you have so much to compete against, you know, and not just everyday experiences, but I think, you know, in Philadelphia where I've lived now for the last uh, seven years or so, we have amazing restaurants here, but you can't just be a good restaurant. You can't even just be an amazing restaurant. You have to be a sustainable all the time, amazing restaurant with great food and great service. Otherwise you don't survive because people have so many choices. Yeah. And so and I'll give you another quick example that just came to mind. So I took my wife to the, to the Ritz Carlton, right? It was, it was our anniversary. And Love. so you're a good uh, man. <laughs> right. I know. And, and, and so we, we get to the table. I, I just mentioned in passing that it was our anniversary. Mm -hmm. So we're sitting there at the table and the waiter comes in with a card that's signed by everyone on the staff wishing me a happy anniversary. What? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, wow, news travels fast. <laughs> right. That's right. But, but that, that stood out to me. And guess what? They, they, they charge more, but I, I, could, I wouldn't feel right complaining about how much I paid because that's just so above and beyond what I would expect. Absolutely. Well, and that's why you make decisions to buy things. It's uh, it's one of the uh, pet projects that I'm working on, actually, is as I'm working on a couple different um, things that have to do with travel and lifestyle that are questions of when should you choose to pay more? You know, what experiences are truly worth the extra um, you know, the extra cost, the extra expense, the extra effort on your part, because the payoff is going to be that great. And I think that's a great example of that. Yes. I love it. So as we get near the end here, 
you know, we, we both, we all as human beings, we all have, you know, lessons that we've learned in our lives and things that, you know, road blocks and road bumps we've had along the way and, and good times and bad times and things we learned the easy way. And most of them we learned the hard way, but I always ask people, you know, if you could go back and talk to your younger self at any point in time, when would that be? And what would you tell yourself that would have shocked your potential faster, farther, or kept you exactly on the same path that you've been on? Yeah, so I would go back to early in my working career when I first became like a leader of people and was responsible for business results. I would have told myself that the the fastest way for me to improve is to assume that everything that happens is my fault. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> really? So... <laughs> Because, Wait, didn't I just tell you I have the whole Catholic guilt thing? But I think I know where you're going. So go on. Carry no, on. <laughs> but, so like from time to time, let's say business is down. Yeah. And the natural, my natural thing was, well, yeah, it's it's that time of year. It's a bad economy. It's an election year. They made me raise my prices, whatever. They made, right, 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 right. But the problem is there's someone else. There was always someone else dealing with all of those same things that was excelling, <sighs> that was succeeding. Good point. And, and I really just, I'm more and more every day I embrace mm-hmm. this because we, 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 it's easy to fall into this thinking that there's forces working against me and I, but a lot of times it's, it's either something that I'm not doing or something that mm-hmm. I don't know. And if, if I take full ownership and if I just work off of the assumption that everything is my fault, I'm going to seek out mm-hmm. mentors. I'm going to be more willing to seek out people that have the results. I may be more willing to seek out a, mm-hmm. a coach who can point out my blind spot. So that's what I would tell my younger self. That's very profound. I really like that. And it's not to say it's you know my own fault to kick myself around, but it's my own fault to if, if now I can find the solution. Just look, look from your own eyes rather than the outside influences and try and find a solution that can get you there. Right. So it's really, that's more of a positive. It's really about asking yourself the right questions. It's really about, you know, asking yourself the question of what can I do differently to move this forward? And if I, and just because I don't know the answer, it doesn't mean that there isn't an answer. I just don't know it. Mm-hmm. It's just a blind spot for me. Yeah. And I think it's such a great awareness too to um, tie it back to your theme of procrastination because it's yeah. easy to let those things become the reason you procrastinate success. Right. You know, if it's all those other reasons, then I don't have to take personal responsibility to move forward. And if and if I do, that means I have to do something, and and you know, I have to take action. Whereas it's a little easier sometimes to sit back and and uh, and you know blame elsewhere and not move forward at all. Right. Mm-hmm. And I tell you, that's a, that's a huge stumbling block for most people. Mm-hmm. I agree. It was interesting. I was just, uh, I had an interview with another gentleman earlier this week. And one of the things he was talking about was, you know, at the point where he moved um, out of working for other people and became an entrepreneur. And he said, you know, I, I followed all these people that were self-proclaimed self-made millionaires. So I thought to become a self-made millionaire, I had to get up every day at five o'clock and I work until 10 o'clock and, you know, and it was all me. And I, you know, I, I had five years of my life where I was just killing myself. And he said, one day he met one of his mentors and the guy's like, look, I have a team of 40 people that work for me. Self-made doesn't mean I do it all myself. And, right. and this guy goes, 
why never why didn't I ever ask the question? Why did I just assume <laughs> that that meant that they did it all? And I thought that's a it's a really good question to ask us as ourselves because sometimes we think we know the answer and it takes asking somebody else or looking for that mentor like you said or someone to help you recognize your blind spots to help you really recognize what what your opportunity is. Yeah, it, it's hard. Uh, just a saying, it's hard to see the big picture when you're stuck in the frame. That's, <laughs> That's so true. I like it. <laughs> well, Eric, it has been such a pleasure having you. And I'm going to definitely have all your website. I'm just going to spell it out, though, for anybody else. So it's E-R-I-C, the letter M, and twigs, T-W-I-G-G-S dot com. And uh, we'll have all that on the show notes. But Eric, any... Uh, last thoughts that you have that you want to leave my listeners with to help them make sure that they get out of their own procrastination way and start moving towards uh, productivity every day? Yes. Ooh, look, I made a poem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Consider this. Don't allow perfect to become the enemy of progress. Oh, I like that. Perfectionism is a leading cause to procrastination, but focus more on progress than you do on having everything perfect. Mm, I like that's very true. And those, those little wins you get along the way will not only take you further, but it makes you better at all the steps you're doing anyway. Yes. And for one more opportunity to gain some valuable content from Eric, feel free to text him at the number 474747 and text TWIGSTIME T-W-I-G-G-S-T-I-M-E. Yes, Twigs time at 474747. And together, we're going to help you make sure that you have more time. Wow, I love it. Thank you so much. It has been so much fun having you. I'm so glad that we met a few weeks ago, and I'm looking forward to staying in touch. And it is a great opportunity to have you. I know that my listeners uh, will have a lot to say after this episode. So until next time, my friend. Hey, thank you, Michael, for having me on your show. It's been a blast. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. My book, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, is available on Amazon and through my website. And look for my second book later this year, Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget, shock your own potential today. I'm excited to announce that the second edition of my book, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, is now available on Amazon. To get a sneak preview and the first 10 pages of the book, text the words, tell me more to 72,000. That's 72000 and the words, tell me more.